Today's guest has a super interesting take on confidence. Namita Prasad is a confidence educator, author, and speaker, and she wasn't born with confidence. It was a mindset that she developed. When times were tough or she was at a crossroads in her life, she had to rely on the why not approach that her father, a soldier, had instilled in her as a child. This approach to life is called a confident mindset and has had a deep impact on her life as a single parent and entrepreneur. Understanding how a mindset of confidence can change the trajectory of one's life led her to become a confidence educator. And along with her team that comprises of educators, they created a year-long school program so that all children can understand how to become confident. Her mission in life is the why not movement so that the whole world has a cohesive understanding of the meaning of confidence and the steps to develop it. She believes mindset before skill set and that nobody is born confident, but anyone can become confident. Let's get to our conversation with Namita Prasad. I'm educational justice coach, Lindsay Lyons, and here on the Time for Teachership podcast, we learn how to inspire educational innovation for racial and gender justice, design curricula grounded in student voice, and build capacity for shared leadership. I'm a former teacher leader turned instructional coach. I'm striving to live a life full of learning, running, baking, traveling, and parenting because we can be rockstar educators and be full human beings. If you're a principal, assistant superintendent, curriculum director, instructional coach, or teacher who enjoys nerding out about co-creating curriculum with students, I made this show for you. Here we go. Namita Prasad, welcome to the Time for a Teachership podcast. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So at the front of the episode, I will just read your, your bio. And I am curious to know, you know, beyond all of that professional kind of like stuff that we do, um, what is it important for listeners to know about you or keep in mind as we jump into our conversation today? Absolutely. So Lindsay, I'm an educator and an evolving mother. I call myself an evolving mother because I feel like I'm trying to better myself every day. Um, we, um, and I'm a confidence educator. So this is a term I coined um, several years ago. Um, I focus on how to instill confidence in children and in adults. I love that. So I think this is is really connected to all the work that we do, but I, I don't think we've ever had a guest actually talk about this specifically. So I am very excited for our conversation today. And we'll move right to that, that first core question uh, that I always start with where Dr. Bettina Love talks about freedom dreaming and she describes it as dreams grounded in the critique of injustice. And so considering that, considering what you even just said, you know, what's that big dream that you hold for curriculum and instruction for education for students? You know, my dream, um, I think, will come true. So it won't be a dream after a few years because um, we're going to spread the word to educators, to parents, to children, to professionals that no one, no one, Lindsay, is born confident, but anyone can become confident. So that's my dream that's going to come true. I love that. I love the whole idea of becoming right. And, and learning and growing and evolving as people. I I think this is, this is so good. And so in, within this episode, we'll get to exactly how we do that and how we support ourselves and our children to, to do that work. I am curious to know in, in your work, in the work that you do, I often talk about, you know, in in the curriculum that I help to co-create, how do we embed things like mindset relationships with students? How do we embed student voice in our pedagogy? How do we inspire student creation and how do we affirm student identities and experiences? So I'm curious to know if one of those or, or more than one of those resonates with you and the work you do. 
Um, it's interesting you say that because it sort of follows the path of our program. So we have a program called a Confident Mindset Program um, that within a school can change the culture of the school with how children approach anything. It's called the why not approach. So the first thing you talk about is like mindset and relationships, right? So for example, one of the things that we do in, in the, or we say the program to, um, to implement in school is called a one word check-in. So when a child walks in, you just ask them, tell me in one word, how do you feel right now? You know, if, if it's a very talkative child, they're going to spend 10 minutes. If it's a child that's a teenager, they're like, I don't. But if you say one word, usually you'll get something out of them. And in the line of work, we've noticed that we really connect to a child's energy and where their mind is over a course of time. Like you can map it. If a child's, I'm tired. I'm, you know, sleepy. So one word check-in has been a huge, great way of building relationships between teachers and students and also between teachers and teachers. Like you're coming in and you want, you know, Mrs. Susie to help you with something, but she's just had her child that's sick all night. How do you feel right now in this moment in one word? Tired. That's not the day to, you know, put that extra. So, so having that connection is very important for just developing, starting the development of the relationship. As far as student voice, I really believe that mindset comes before skill set. Um, it's that it's that one thing that I really feel that our movement is a lot about, Lindsay, is instilling the mindset, and then they can learn anything, right? And to do a mindset, you really need to hear what a child's thinking, right? Like, what are your strengths? You know, we think we know a child's strength. We really don't. When they do a self-evaluation and they're able to talk about what they think they're good at and the areas for growth, because nobody has a weakness, it's just an area for growth. They're able to have a voice of their own. They're able to say like, this person cares about me. This is where I am. These are the fears that I'm facing. Another thing that our program talks a lot about, Lindsay, is students need to understand they don't need to overcome fears, um, but they can face fears, right? A personal fear of mine is I'm afraid of cats, but I'm working on overcoming that fear, right? I may never totally overcome it, but I know how to face it. Um, the third thing you talk about is student creation, right? Student creation means when a child feels ownership, right? They go, this is what I'm feeling and my teacher's receiving. So our program to build confidence in through the ACM or a confident mindset program is six steps. First is believe in yourself. Second is face your fears. Third, be good to yourself. Be good to others. Practice, because we focus a lot on practice, and then and get better at your practice by getting feedback. So the student really becomes in charge, if you may. And the teacher becomes more like a guide or a coach. I love that. Do you mind saying those six steps one more time for our listeners? Because I was trying to jot them down and I'm imagining <laughs> listeners are too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll just expand briefly on each step, right? So first of all, before I talk about steps to confidence, can we just unpack what confidence is? Um, Absolutely. So, so Lindsay, how do you feel? What 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 is confidence? What What is your understanding of it? Oh, wow. I feel like in every conversation I've had with you so far, my definition, my old definitions kind of get scrapped and it evolves further. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say, but I will say right now, um, the ability to kind of do something scary and feel good about myself in doing it. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing. 
And my second question to you, I know it's your podcast is, do you believe it's important for children and adults to be confident? Yes. I think the energy that we bring to a conversation, to anything that we do when we are confident is a very different, more creative, more like energetic, more connected energy than when we're not confident. Thank you. Thank you. So it's interesting, you know, when I started teaching confidence building back in 2014 and 15, I would talk to people and say, like, what does confidence mean to you to teach us at, you know, principals, after school programmers, and everybody had a different definition. And I began thinking, if everybody has a different definition, what is this child hearing? Is mom saying something? Is, you know, Ms. Lindsay in classroom saying something? Is the principal saying something? And my soccer coach is telling me something totally different. So now I'm really confused. But everybody's telling me it's important, right? So we agree that it's pivotal. We agree that's important, but we don't have a cohesive understanding. So the first thing we did in the ACM program is define what confidence is. So as a world, we can get on the same page, right? So the way we define confidence is, Confidence is a feeling that you don't start out with. It's a feeling that you get after actions of practice. So Lindsay, I'm on your show today. I don't have to be confident, but if I do enough of these podcasts, I can become confident. It takes the pressure off of me for performance right now. And I'm just in the moment focused on being the best guest that I can be right? So that's what we want children to know is that you don't have to be confident in anything. And what a child's hearing is you're at the pool and your mom says, just get in the pool and be confident. And the child goes, but how? Like, I don't know how to swim. I know I have this snazzy little swimsuit, but I don't know how to swim. What do I do? And if mom would just say, you don't even have to be confident. You don't have to know anything, but you'll become confident with every class you take. And the child's going to go, hmm, okay, why not? So we really instill in people and, and in children the why not approach. That's why the book is called The Power of Why Not. Um, but that's a little bit about confidence. Are, are we, is that, now I can go to the six steps if you're Absolutely. good. Okay. So it was really important to kind of put a stake in the ground to understand what confidence is, right? So as I started teaching confidence building, I realized that if something is so important, it's so pivotal, can we please come up with a way that every single child can learn it step-by-step? Step. So we have a six-step program that we teach in schools. We do start it with professional development. We have a whole onboarding, and then the teachers can kind of become confidence coaches. And this does not matter what their personal confidence is. A teacher's personal confidence does not matter because it's a step-by-step -step program, and any well-meaning adult can teach it right? Because sometimes I'll have moms and dads and teachers say, but I don't feel confident. And now you want me to teach my my students to be confident. And I'm like, look, it's a step-by-step -step process. Anybody can do it, right? So the steps are as follows. Number one, believe in yourself, right? Each of us have a lot of strengths that we need to just focus on, right? And we have things that we need to work on, which are our areas for growth, this is where the student sort of mindset, feeling, voice comes in. Let's talk about that. You know, let's, let's talk about what you're really, really good at. The second thing is about, you know, facing your fears. There's a lot of pressure in society and children to be like, just overcome your fear. I just told you, I, I'm not going to overcome my fear for cats, but I'm hoping that over time, I'll learn how to face it. Now, 
Kind of just stepping back for a second, ACM also has three pillars of courage, character, and commitment. The first two steps are about courage. When you defined what confidence meant to you, Lindsay, it was all courage, right? If I believe in myself, I can do what I want to do. So courage is something that people sometimes, with due respect, confuse with confidence. But courage is me just getting off my chair and saying, I believe in myself and I'm going to face my fears. Now that I've decided to do something and take action on my why not, like what's holding me back, I need to think about what are going to guide these actions. And that's where the second C of character comes in. Because courage without character, you and I both know, is directionless, right? So we want you know, our positive character values to guide it. And being good is first being good to ourselves, like having gratitude, being organized, things like that, and being good to others kindness. Um, So these character values now are guiding our actions. Great. We have courage and we have character. But Lindsay, you and I both know as parents and as educators, if you don't do those actions of practice, all the courage and character is lost, right? So we encourage children to find things that they want to work on and then come up with plans to practice. So we, we tell them like, look, This is not about the outcome. This is not about the result. It's about you just becoming a better you. And I think that's very important because we know all children start at a different point, right? And to really make this equitable for all children, it's important that they just become the best that they can be. That's possible. That's possible, right? We're not asking you to be the best. We're just asking you to be your best, right? So... Then we talk about, you know, coming up with actions of practice, but now repetition of practice is not good. You need to surround yourself. You're not alone. We encourage children to then make a circle of confidence. It's people that can support them. These people can be rocks or champions. Rocks could be mom or a teacher that's always there for me. And a champion could be my little friend in third grade who's telling me, hey, you can do this. So like in school, sometimes we make walls called circle of confidence and kids will come and post like little post-its and say, I can help with, you know, you know, cleaning your desk up or I can help you with like kicking the ball or something. So they feel really good about themselves and somebody can pick, that up, pick this up and say, hey, you know, Michael, can you help me with this? So we're creating a very supportive environment where other kids and teachers are stepping up and helping each other by being rocks and champions, right? And the moment you help someone, usually you're willing to accept help as well, right? It's kind of interesting. People think that, you know, to help, once you help, you're like, this was not bad. This is kind of cool. Let me ask for help too. So that's something that we encourage. And the last piece that you talk about is student identities experiences. You know, once a child, I'm going to focus on the child right now, understands I uncovered what my why not is. I found my strengths. I faced my fears. I created a group of people, my circle of confidence. I did my actions of practice and I got better at this. I can do that as well. So they make that connection in their mind that anything is possible if I'm willing to do these six steps. We don't talk a lot of fluff like anything is possible. No, anything is not possible, okay? Anything is possible if you do this, this, and this. And I think it's being really realistic in the child's mind and helping them face what's going to happen in their lives. Like, I know we are sort of behind COVID. At least we want to believe that COVID is behind us. 
and you know and that was you know a pandemic but you know life is full of pandemics right some personal some universal and having this mindset of a confident mindset is going to help prepare our children and our educational system to be prepared for what, what life brings so that's why these six steps kind of come into play I love these six steps. And I I also am thinking a lot about like even beyond just youth, even beyond children, like adults using these six steps and school systems and districts, right? Like I'm thinking about that again, that Bettina Love idea of freedom dreaming and like we're dreaming up what's possible. And there's so many things I think sometimes that adults are held back by not having the mindset and this clear process that you laid out with the six steps that we don't we don't try to get to that place where things are possible because we're like, oh, well, you know, this is a barrier. This is a barrier, or we haven't done this yet. So it's probably not going to happen this year. We'll, we'll extend our timeline 10 years or something. There's so many things in here that I think are not just relevant for children, but adults as well. And so I really am connecting with these, these steps that you're sharing. Thank you. No, thank you, Lindsay. And that's why, you know, I got a one day and I realized that, you know, to bring change, true change. I'm not talking about like true change that's sustainable. There has to be a movement for confidence education, a movement for confidence education where Lindsay at work is hearing the same thing. Lindsay as a teacher is teaching the same thing. And little Lindsay in the classroom is hearing the same thing. So all everybody's on the same page about what confidence is. You don't have to be confident. You can become confident. And the six steps and understand that courage, character, and commitment are sort of those pillars that can make you become confident. So we talk a lot about common language. I do this with my 14-year-old. When I pick her up from school, I'm like, okay, what's your one-word check-in? Uh, tired, tired, it's not allowed. And then we talk about like, you know, for example, you know, we as teachers, parents, even as, you know, managers or business owners, leaders, principals, we do a lot of feedback. I'll give you a small thing that we use this is part of our common language, which I encourage, you know, our listeners to use. It's called a glow and a grow. So feedback, the word itself is like, as if you're telling me how I can become better. And my mind's already maybe shutting down. If you tell a child, I'm going to give you a glow and a grow, you'd be like, okay, well, I wonder what the glow is. And so the one, the first thing I, I, I suggest is, you know, address the child by name if possible, you know, you know, Mark, Here's a glow for you. You did a really great job with, you know, studying for this math test. You know, you got this, this, and this done. Here's a glow for you. You're not taking the time. You're rushing through. You're not picking the right things from the, this answer. So, you know, what, this question. So kind of, can you re, like, spend more time on the question before you start solving it? He was like, okay. I mean, at least she noticed that I did all this, right? And by the way, let's look at the wall of, you know, of con- circle of confidence. I think that Susan said she's really good at word problems. How about you two connect? And then at the end, like, hey, Michael, what's your one word check-in? I'm excited. So we had this whole conversation that was less than two minutes, told them what to do, made them feel empowered and connected them with someone. This is how I see um, the world becoming. I know it sounds lofty, but that is, that's why this is a movement. It has to be across all dynamics of a person's life. Yeah. And I, and I like it because it doesn't, it's not, 
it is a beautiful kind of like dream and, and kind of goal. And I do think it's also realistic, like you said, because there are clear steps and you're connecting them with people. You're making clear the people in their lives who can be part of that circle uh, of confidence. And then you're like in that example, you're modeling, look at the wall. We've already established these people who can help. And so you're not just saying like, go do this thing. You're giving clear kind of processes and supports. And I like that so much. And at the end of it, doing the one word check-in. So I know when you leave, like sometimes teachers give instructions and they think the child got it, but we don't know if they did or not. Because if the child's confused, I'm going to spend that extra, you know, minute or two helping them. I think the one word check-in is a, just a game changer. And so we do, we at, um, you know, a confident mindset, we do a lot of like common language. So everybody in school knows it. And then if your mom's taking the same you sort of program at work, she knows what a one word check-in is. And that's how we bring everybody on the same page. I love that. And I, I think we spoke a little bit already about mindset, but I just wanted to open it up because I know mindset is, is really critical to the work that you're doing and, and this program. So I, I was just curious to know if you had more to say on that idea of a confident mindset. You know, a confident mindset, thank you for asking me this, something so passionate, so close to my heart. It's just a way of life, Right. It's how I get up in the morning, how I make my bed, you know, how do I go to school? You know, how do I eat in the lunchroom? It's all a confident mindset. So when we do, we know when we work with educators and, you know, principals in school, we tell them like, this is not an extracurricular activity. This is part of the, of who you are, the essence of the school, the fabric of the school. It's how a teacher communicates to another teacher. It's how a student communicates to a teacher. It's how the student voice and their self-reflection just becomes a part of who they are and what we do at school. So that's why the mindset comes before the skill set. And unfortunately, you know, teachers are overwhelmed. There's so much on their plate. It's like test scores and you have to get this done. And this is what the state requirements is. This is what common ground. This is so much, right? But if we take a step back and just do this setup, as I call it, like the setup, I believe that all the skills that the children will learn will have a different outcome. And that's why mindset has to come before skill set. That makes so much sense. Thank you for explaining that in a little bit more depth. I'm curious to know, you you already gave us this beautiful six-step process and, and you gave us some great depth in each of those. Anything else you want people to know in terms of those brave actions that either leaders can take to support their teachers in doing this work or teachers can take to support their students, or even, I know you mentioned several times, like parents and, and caregivers, you know, um, what, what recommendations would you give for, for any of that? I love that question. So it's interesting, but when we go to a school, the first thing we do is we have, we work with the staff itself to un- uncover their why not. Like if you believed in yourself, right. And if you faced your fear, what would be your, why not? You know, what actions of practice do you need to do? Who, in, who is in your circle of confidence? Who can you get a glow and a grow from? And it's, in, it's interesting, like I have had teachers cry. I've had teachers like hug each other or me or whoever the confidence creator is. Because once the voice, you know, I love your, you know, you talk about the voice, the voice of not only the student, but the teacher matters too, right? Once our voice comes out and our inner strengths and, and, and areas for growth come out, it just opens up our mind. So in our world of mindset, we focus a lot about on why not. Like, what's your why not? What is your why not, Lindsay? Like right now, you know, what is your why not? That's something that you think you want to do 
but something that you're holding back on. Mm, my why not, I think for this year has been trying to peek into the keynote industry of conferences. I've done a lot of presentations. I do a lot of workshops, but that keynote thing just feels kind of far away. It feels like, you know, for people who are much more professionally known, more like educational celebrities. And so it has not been something that I have tried out yet. Exactly. And, and something that we would do together with a group of people would be like, okay, that's your, so my why not is like really real and true to me. Like my why not is like, why not play golf? Like I've been, it's been like seven years that I've been trying to think about learning golf. I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, what should, but I'm, if both of us told each, each other, like, look, we don't have to be good at this. Like, I don't have to be the greatest at my keynote right now, but if I practice it, I'm going to get better. And with each keynote, I'm going to get better. You might be like, ah, why not? Like I, I request you and I plead to you say, why not? And apply to the next conference, not as, you know, podcast, but as a keynote speaker, right? And for me, I'm like, I'm going to sign up for golf lessons and I'm going to go up to practice. And the next time I meet you, whether online, offline or whatever, I'll be like, I actually know what to do on a golf, you know, so at a golf course. So I think it's important that, you know, so when we do work with educators, we first work through their process because when, when the aha moment comes, they're like, each child also has a why not or maybe several why nots. And the moment we are able to figure out this why not, we unlock unmet potential. I believe you have so much unmet potential as a keynote speaker that, you know, you probably don't realize it, but I see it. But once you face your fears, you'll know that it's there for you. Hey, it's Lindsay just popping in to this conversation to say today's free resources, and there are tons, are provided by Namiza. We can find posters, confidence cards, all sorts of stuff for instilling a confident mindset in our children in her website. You also have an opportunity to sign up for monthly freebies. So there's an ongoing amazingness that can happen. So go to www.lindsaybethlyons.com slash blog slash 103. Back to the conversation. (laughs) Another great piece. Because I feel now, you know, so talking about circle of confidence, like in my mind, as I'm talking to you, you know, I want you to be part of my circle of confidence. But the way I look at circle of confidence is I on my own unilaterally can't say, oh, Lindsay is part of my circle of confidence. After the podcast, I have to reach out to you and say, hey, Lindsay, it was nice connecting with you. Do you think that you could be my rock or champion for this? And is it okay if I reach out to you? And that's the other layer we teach children is like, look, just in your mind thinking that Uncle John's going to help you is not enough. Have you talked to Uncle John? Have you asked him? Have you told him exactly what are the few things you might reach out to him? Because when you need him, he knows why you're calling. So we make children go through this whole exercise of actually reaching the rock and champion and asking them ahead of time. Because when you are in a tight spot, that's not the time you want to go over your story. So I think having support systems, like just think about it, pre-COVID, we had this support system. How different would the outcomes have been? So that's why I believe that, you know, having the circle of confidence. And when I say, yes, you know, I'm going to lean on you. Perhaps you lean on me. Isn't that how we made this world a better place? Absolutely. Yes. What a great idea. And and such a valuable, again, like to every age group, this is a valuable skill to be able to have. Yeah. Awesome. So I imagine that there are many challenges that people name. And I think you mentioned overwhelm a little bit. I don't know if you want to expand on that one, but I, I think in any work that we do where we're trying to make the world a better place, we're trying to advance justice, we're trying to, you know, help youth uh, feel affirmed and, and, and confident. 
what challenges have you seen and how have you seen people kind of face them, address them? What does that look like? So um, I'm just going to ask you a question for this. Are you asking me how they receive the program or like, if you, can you dive a little deeper into this question? Oh yeah. I, when, when looking at kind of, uh, okay, so I want to teach, for example, I want to teach confidence and I want my students to kind of follow these six steps. Uh, what is kind of the thing as, as teachers are kind of maybe listening, for example, to this podcast or an educator um, leader is listening to the podcast and like, yeah, I want to do this. Uh, here are the reasons, here are the barriers to kind of doing this work in my school or something, right? Like, what is that typically for people? And then how do you kind of help them through it? Or, or what recommendations would you give to someone who's feeling that particular barrier? Absolutely. The first and foremost is that adults love putting pressure on themselves, right? They're like, I have to be confident. If I'm not confident, how can I teach a child to be confident? And that's what I alluded to earlier. You are, all you need to be is a well-meaning adult, Right. I love acronyms, by the way. Our whole program has acronyms, right? A confident mindset called ACM, actions of practice are called AOP. You are a WMA, a well-meaning adult. If you are a well-meaning adult, that's all I need. Because here's a step-by-step program. So please, dear teacher, dear principal, dear curriculum director, your personal confidence, side note, side note, might change after you start teaching the program, but that's not a prerequisite. Right, because first of all, you're gonna you're gonna realize that the meaning of confidence is very different than what you thought. The second barrier that people feel is like, I am so busy. Now, one more thing, really? You really want me to do this too? And I think that you know, once you understand that it's a mindset shift, that's a forever change, like a forever change that has to be done once. And every school year, the child's just learning deeper and deeper about a confident mindset. The onboarding is not so much. And, and you yourself, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Teacher, are also going to feel the positive change. You'll have a more confident classroom, a more confident school. And when you go home, you might have a more confident family because your sort of your interaction with your own children will change. So that's, you know, that's why that's a, the second thing. Like, I'm so over, you know, so overworked. How, how can I do it? The third thing is, this is all well and good. Thank you, Namita, for sharing your six steps. Now, how do I teach it, right? So being an educator, what we do is, you know, it's very simple if you follow the process. It's really a step-by-step process. Like going to the gym, you know, you have a warm-up and then you learn the exercise and then you repeat it. And then you have a coach who tells you how to make it better. And it can happen. So it's, it's, it's doable. And it kind of goes back to the first thing, believe in yourself, have the courage, have the character and have the commitment. And you can make a school-wide change, a classroom change, and hopefully a personal change. I love that. Thank you so much. We have talked about a lot of things in this episode. And so I'm sure the ideas are kind of swimming around in people's heads. And I'm wondering, what is that one thing as we start to kind of wrap up the episode that you would encourage people to start with? What's that kind of like one next thing that people can do? Can I just say two? Absolutely. One is um, mindset comes before skill set. As an educator, as a parent, as a professional, first have a confident mindset or a mindset that's positive, and then try to learn a skill set. The second is no one is born confident, but anyone can become confident. Those I are love my- that. I feel like that should be on the banner of every school entrance, right? Like it's just one of those phrases that are amazing. That's the dream that's going to come true. Excellent. (laughs) 
that and what's your why not, which I also so why not? <laughs> let's, let's, let's unlock your unmet potential by discovering your why not. Yeah. I love that. So we kind of talked already about, um, our kind of what we've been learning about lately and what our, why not is within the episode. So I'm thinking I'm going to, I'm going to end with two questions. One, I'd love to have you unpack this idea of the movements. If, if you want to say more about that, I know you've mentioned start a movement. And then I was thinking we could end with uh, a one word check-in for both of us, because we could use a practice that you shared. Um, so the movement again, so like everything in my life, um, you know, everything is very organic. I didn't set out to start a movement. You know, it came to me. I, I, I really believe I set out to, you know, instill confidence and people instilled confidence in me about what I'm doing, right? It came full circle. So the movement to me means is every human being, irrespective of age, irrespective of our social economic background, irrespective of our, of our race or whatever diversity we have, understands that our only mindset should be is to becoming the most confident self that we can become and that we are in control of that. We are in control of our own confidence journey. If we have courage to get started, the character to lead our actions and the commitment to stay on task, it can happen. Anything can happen. And that's what I believe, and that's what this movement can instill across all stratas of society. I love that so much in terms of locus of control, right? Like we, we can control that. Like there's so much in the world that needs to be changed and we should be working towards that change collectively as schools and districts. Absolutely. Right. I think of that as like the kind of the circle of confidence. Like these are some things that we can do to support people in their journeys. And at the same time, what can we control is, is I think a very positive thing to be able to focus on when sometimes other things beyond our control just feel so overwhelming. Here's what I can do. Like, I think that's really positive. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's really yeah. cool. that stories about a little child, you know, I'm your champion, like helping a, a student that's three grades older, you know, uh, ahead of them in school. Because once you become a champion, age is not a bar. A little kid can help a big kid. Right. That's that's the movement about like everybody's empowered. Everybody has a mindset. Let's change the world and we can do it. Yeah, I love that. I think about all the things I've learned from my students. I'm sure I'm going to learn from my kiddo. Right. Like there's yes. so much we can learn from young people. <laughs> so would you like to engage in the one word check in to kind of close us out here? In a week? I would. My one word check in would be grateful. Oh, that's good. I think mine is going to be inspired. I'm feeling very inspired by this conversation. And I'm sure other people are going to want to continue to feel inspired. I'm sure they are feeling inspired as they listen. So where can people find you online and connect with you further? If, if you just Google a confident mindset, it'll tell you all about our movement, what we do, how we do it, and why mindset comes before skill set. Excellent. And we'll link to that in the show notes and on the blog post. Namita Prasad, thank you so much for being on this podcast today. Thank you for inviting me, Lindsay. Thank you so much. If you're leaving this episode wanting more, you're going to love my live coaching intensive curriculum bootcamp. I help one department or grade team create feminist, anti-racist curricula that challenges, affirms, and inspires all students. We weave current events into course content and amplify student voices, which skyrockets engagement and academic achievement. It energizes educators feeling burnt out and it's just two days. Plus, you can reuse the same process anytime you create a new unit, which saves time and money. 
If you can't wait to bring this to your staff, I'm inviting you to sign up for a 20-minute call with me. Grab a spot on my calendar at www.lindsaybethlyons.com slash contact. Until next time, leaders, continue to think big, act brave, and be your best self. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode.